Alrighty folks, this is a heavy content warning. Now for those of you who actually need a content warning, I urge you to switch off now. No judgement, just switch off, you do not want to hear this. I will now give you 10 seconds of silence to take whatever device you are using and switch it off now. Now folks, for those of you who are still listening and wish to know the content that's being discussed today, this is about the King Lake bushfires. Now folks, there are no positives to the stories surrounding the King Lake bushfires. This is very, very heavy material. Now, secondly folks, Mark is a blunt man, he tells it as he is, and I'm also a blunt man too, this involves a lot of swearing. Now folks, if swearing is not your jam, then obviously now's a good time to switch off and find another podcast. Uh, for those of you who are still listening, look, this episode isn't for everyone. I can assure you this entire topic is deadly serious, and it is one hell of a hectic interview. So folks, if you are not in any current mental state to deal with any level of disturbing material, I urge you to switch off now. Alrighty, folks, you are listening to Talking Shit with Fraser You Bastard, the show about who the fuck knows, but anything goes. Now, folks, many of you will have heard of the Black Saturday bushfires. For those of you who have not heard of them, these were a series of bushfires that absolutely ravaged the state of Victoria on the 7th of February 2009. These bushfires killed 173 people in total, 120 in the King Lake area alone. Another 414 people were injured, more than 450,000 hectares had burned, and 35,000 buildings burned down, including more than 2,000 houses completely and utterly destroyed. It is also estimated that up to 1 million animals died in the disaster, native and endangered species alike, as well as domestic. Now, folks, today we'll be talking to Mark, who was on ground zero in King Lake when the bushfires took off, and he and his partner ended up having to pull a fucking daring escape that nearly cost both of them their lives. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm very good, Fraser. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. So, uh, listen, mate, obviously the story is yours to tell, so I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. Uh yeah, man, just tell us your fucking personal experience in this hectic and life-threatening wall of death, man. What went on? Okay. So it's been uh, quite a few years now since I've uh, told this story. Mm-hmm. The day was weird from the very, very start. There was things leading up to this day that we, looking back on now, should have seen. At the time, we, uh, myself and my partner, Michelle, were running a... Uh, stand at the Whittlesea Country Music Festival. Ordinarily, that place would be packed out with people, busy. We were selling uh, broadband internet at the time. We left for that morning, like any other morning, we'd already done a couple of days down there. And that morning was just different. It was was like scorchingly hot from about six o'clock in the morning, like just unbearably hot. And by the time we got down to the music festival set up, it was close to 40 degrees. This is around probably 10 a.m. in the morning. Hot northerly winds. And the whole place 
it was usually thousands of people walking through, was virtually empty apart from stallholders like us. Everyone was in the pub because it had air con. This is going on probably around 11.30, 12 o'clock lunchtime. This place, this pub was just packed. The Whittlesea pub was just, just full of people with air con. There was reports on the coming through on the radio, spot fires here and there. We obviously, we sort of uh, were concerned at the time but didn't think much of it. Then what happened next, myself and Michelle had to make a decision. Do we go back home? We lived in King Lake in Outlook Drive which is a dead-end road right on the border of the National Park right. in a, uh, in a mudbrick uh, home there. So a fairly thick forestry area. Very thick forest, only one road in or out. Oof. Um, at that time, there wasn't, uh, wasn't any reports of major fires or anything, so we thought we would go back home because obviously the festival was a bus. There was nothing, uh, nothing happened there. Too many people were, you could just feel the energy in the air. You could feel it. It was just different. There was, there was just this, this crackle, like this panic. Mm. Um, and going, we made the decision to, to go back home. So I remember that day driving back up, uh, sort of going around 12, 31 o'clock in the, uh, the afternoon, I think. And we got back home and this is where a few things a few things started to 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 happen here uh leading up to the to this day there was a few strange occurrences uh just sort of random events such as um i had a, a blackness in navara youth there which i didn't use often i had a work car and the tires were buggered on it so for christmas we went down to the beach i put new tires on the car for some reason i ended up putting on these huge eight ply toyo truck tire fucking monster fucking things right um cost me a lot more than I wanted to spend. I don't know why I did it. Um, and then a couple of weeks before the actual event of the fires, there was a visit to the house. We were in a rental property. Four of the previous owners just randomly turned up within three weeks of each other just to have a look at the house. Interesting. Obviously didn't think much of it at the time, you know, like whatever. Mm. Um, and then I remember Michelle telling me the, the day before, like when she was walking, down this particular track, just the, the insects were behaving differently. Like they were, they were things, it, it, we look back on it and think, why, why didn't we see these clear signs? Like the, the way the animals were, it was still, like it was just, the day was so still. There was just nothing, like no, no vibration almost. Yep. And so uh, getting back to the day, we were uh, uh, back at the house and obviously just sort of, keeping tabs on things uh, on the internet and, and listening for fire reports and didn't really think much of what was to, to come. Like, I, I can think of a thousand things I should have, should have done, um, pack this, done this, done that. But for some reason, I, just, I don't know, I just, I just didn't sort of feel the, the, the threat level at that point. Yep. Um, I did remember uh, looking at the fuel gauge on the car and thinking I had a quarter tank and thinking, nah, well, now that'll be all right if, um, I need to get to Melbourne or something. And then something in my head just sort of said, no, just look, you're not doing nothing right now. Just go and go and fill it up, you know. So I went to the King Lake server and I filled it up with diesel, went to the hamburger shop, I remember, uh, picked up a couple of hamburgers for lunch. And that was the the guy in that shop that I knew pretty well. That was the sort of last time. He was the last person I saw before all this exploded, basically. So back home and um, just... Neighbors are starting to, to come out. I think you could feel in the in the air. You could feel something was w- w- was happening. Like you sort of got to remember too at this time, nobody had seen fires on this level for ever. 
like it was it was a new sort of a bushfire was something that was sort of not on such an epic level so we weren't really that concerned mm-hmm. um and then uh and I, I sort of remember the next hour going past slow and then there was a report there was a report on i think i saw it on facebook of the that that Day. Facebook was really the only only thing that was actually guaranteed where you could connect with people. All the all the servers were crashing. Things were happening. Right. Um, and I remember an ember attack in Flowerdale, which is about forty kilometres down the mountain. So pretty, um, not really sort of too far to us. Mm-hmm. And then I was standing outside. I'm looking down to, over, over the over the, sort of the edge of the, the back of our property onto the national park. And then my neighbour comes running down the road and she's screaming, everyone get out, get out, get out, like absolutely losing her shit, right? Mm-hmm. I found out later she'd been to a bushfire before. Right. So she sort of w- 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 was like the alert for me because right as she said that, yep. I just remember this wall of like, <sighs> can't even describe it, just like this this inferno of, of surrounding me, like it, it had came up the mountain right as she was screaming. Ooh. And it, it, I, I, I was sort of stalled. Like it, the energy in that moment, it, was, it, it felt like if you could stand and look into a volcano, but everywhere, like it, it, the roar was 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 like, you know, it, it, you're right over the top of an A380 jumbo over your head. It was just... It, 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 the, the power in that energy was like so hard to i've never felt anything like it and and for i don't know how long it could have been 10 seconds could have been a minute i was just and i could hear her screaming in in, in sort of like you know like you know in a, a movie like black hawk down when the soldier's been hit and he's yeah. sort of cut, starting to come to and then he's hearing and suddenly he wakes up and he bullet sounds and it, it was like that i could hear her screaming you know yeah. and then i'm like what the fuck am I doing? Like, yep. why am I? Why am I here? What, what the? That's when it all started to become real. Yeah, that's yeah. when it was like, okay, I've got to get the fuck out of here. Shit's going. This is this. We're gonna we're gonna go. Yep. So, run down, grab Michelle. Coming down, so we've got to get out of here now. She was in the house. She didn't see that that, that coming up there. On the way out. We grabbed a couple of bags of things and a few boxes and just some random shit. We couldn't get the cat. I remember that. The cat was fucking, I don't know where it went. Um, and I remember grabbing 10 bucks or something in coins. It was on the corner of a of the um, the, the, the table. And um, see, at that stage too, we still weren't sort of thinking, you know, the house is going to go or any of this. It was just like, fight. We've, got to, we've got to move now. Mm. So... We were the last on the street to uh, to to get out, and there was no sort of. For some reason, we kept thinking that there would be a fire alarm, or the the the, the, the there would be some kind of warning, or or, or whatever. But no, it was no. it was it was just too quick, and mm-hmm. nobody knew anything, and n- n- nobody of the emergency services really knew anything. They were just in a scatter as well. Like, what the fuck? It's here. It's there. It's there. It's there. It's like. What are we you know, doing whatever they could do basically yeah. so it was time to escape yep. that was uh, that was definite i grabbed a chainsaw and i grabbed i locked the hubs on my navara unit was four-wheel drive and i locked the hubs before i left just in case 
Rightio. Um, I, I just thought that to do these things. So so locking the hubs means to put it into four-wheel so drive. It means I can put it into four-wheel drive from the cabin without okay. having to get out and lock the hubs. I can still keep it in two-wheel gotcha. drive to, to, to drive. Gotcha. Um, and really hadn't, I really had no idea at this stage of the coverage of the fires. I, I, I sort of just knew they were on the doorstep. My first option um, we decided was to try and get out through St Andrews, which is basically a right-hand turn down a windy road through the bush. I got lucky 100 metres down the road and forget about it. It was a wall of fire. There was, Jesus. I remember, one CFA guy turning everyone around saying, uh, go back, go back. And I remember Michelle asking him, so where do we go? He's like, I don't know. I've got enough. I don't know. It's not this way. Yep. Like, okay, that's out. Um, decision was then made to try and get out to Whittlesea, which involved going down to King Lake West, Pheasant Creek, mm -hmm. uh, down that uh, down that way. So we made it until this stage, King Lake was still pretty clear. It hadn't actually hit there yet, so I could still drive through without sort of any, you know, dramas. Right. Got as far as King Lake West, which is maybe 15, 20 kilometres down the road. Um, and that's when it all, everything just really set in. All these cars were coming back the other way. I got down to where there was a police officer turning vehicles around and this fire, it, it, it was, it was like Armageddon. It was just everywhere. Like, and he was, he was yelling me, go back, go back. I was the last vehicle he turned back before he was sitting on my ass trying to get away. I remember going back towards King Lake on a windy road. At this point, the smoke setting in like that. You can feel the radiant heat. I had uh, like a Nissan Navara turbo diesel at max at sort of 140, 150, 160 on the downhill run if you're lucky. Like, um, and I had this thing like as fast as I could, I, I, I could go without keeping in mind if I blow this engine, we are dead. If I don't stay in front of this fire front, we're dead. We're dead. Yep. Because this, this, it was, it was overtaking me. I mean, I was, remember 140s, 150s, 120s on the corners, trying to fourth and fifth, trying to just aircon off. So I got max power. Yep. This cabin is heating up, man. Yeah. Like I can feel the cabin getting hotter, even if, if I can't, you know, sort of physically see the fire behind me. I, I can feel that heat. It, it's going faster yeah. than I am. Yeah. Right. By this stage, I think I – and I just remember this too. There, was a, there used to be this um, homeless guy that uh, – his name was Paul or something. He used to, I used to give him a lift up and down to the – well, to the bottle shop, maybe, um, it, every now and then. And I, I just fucking remember trying to keep an eye out for him, like in between all this shit happening, you know. Like yep. um, I never found him. I, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, uh. But um, – yeah, I just remember before I got back into King Lake, the, the last sort of thing that I'd, I'd had a clear run. There was no cars in front of me. They, they'd gone through before me and give me enough sort of run to, by this stage, the smoke's getting really thick and I'm, um, I can see brake lights in the distance, but I know they're, they're, I know they're not close enough where I'm going to rear end someone. Right. So, um, yeah, trying to get back to back to King Lake and I, I sort of, I, I end up, we shot through King Lake like seconds before that heat hit it, like, and I remember coming into King Lake and I, when you sort of come into King Lake, you look to your right and there's this huge valley and all I could see was just 
fire. Like everything was on fire. It was, it, it, that was when it was just like, what, what the fuck? Like, yeah. um, then I remember talking to Michelle and was saying, are we going to stay in King Lake or are we going to keep going? We've got to make a decision like fucking now. Like nobody's telling us anything. And, and my train of thought at that time was, I could see fires coming up from St. Andrews. I could see fires right behind me. This is going to converge on King Lake and fucking obliterate it. Yep. I'm going to, I can keep going. And she was like, well, keep going. At that point, her phone rang and she was on the phone to her family saying her goodbyes. Yep. And I remember her telling me at a, at a later date that she felt this, overwhelming feeling of calm like like because this whole thing's going on now i'm i'm fucking slamming fourth fifth gears here there this that left right like shit's like and she was yeah. like so fucking calm man like yeah. she, she wasn't ah, like she wasn't screaming she wasn't fucking freaking out she was just in this like fucking trance you know like just just calm and she was on the phone saying hey goodbyes and and you know like the whole the whole way through this i never once believed we were going to die like yep. I, I could i could see fucking quite you know how like it could get this is getting serious but yep. I, I actually never i actually never believed that it, it was um we're gonna die or so we're gonna um get through it so yeah anyway so shooting through king lake made the decision to try and get towards uh hillsville um i didn't know at this stage that there was another fire coming up from hillsville oh fuck fucking hell this is where it all this is where that it, it really got fucking gnarly. <clears throat> so the road out to Hillsville from King Lake's quite a windy mountain road down to 40 kilometers at some stages. There's a couple of straight runs, but most of it's double lines. Um as I started to get uh towards Tulangi, it was I could see the other fire come coming back. I didn't know it was coming back towards us, but I, I thought it I didn't really know where it's going. I could just say it. And I'm like, oh, like this could be, uh, this could be uh, interesting. That <coughs> fire was moving that quick that within, man, it must have been 10 minutes, I had smoke from that fire as well. Now, we've got people coming from Hillsville trying to outrun that fire heading towards King Lake. We've now got people from King Lake trying to outrun that fire heading towards fucking Hillsville. We've got people from St Andrews and King Lake West all coming in towards King Lake. They are uh, like, so you've got it was it was just like absolute fucking chaos. Jesus, you've got people that I'm passing on roads driving to their death. Flash the lights to the horn. What the fuck does that mean? There's, there's just chaos everywhere. Like the and shit is getting hot. Yeah, like this cabin in this car is starting to really fucking heat up now. Even when I'm not near the actual fire, like we're talking with 47 degree day. Yeah. And this, I think, of maybe around three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock, something like that. All this started going down. So anyway, I'm, uh, <clears throat> that was our escape plan. We're heading towards Hillsville, and this road, um, things just things just had to happen. It, it, I, I, I was getting stuck behind slow-moving vehicles. Um, I was, I could see brake lights. Uh, I, there was fire just coming in from everywhere and I was trying to get to the Melbourne Highway to turn right and I was I, I can't remember the name there's another town further down the bottom of that hill and I was hoping to get out down there because it was sort of off the mountain it was flat land yep. um, but yeah trying to get to that Melbourne Highway thing the, the fire was closing in 
Um, cars were, were, were getting in the way. You could just, things were heating up. And I remember thinking, if I get to here, there's a massive concrete pipe with a, that had a creek running through it under the road. I'm like, that's a hiding spot. So I was sort of trying to map hiding spots along the way. If, if, if shit got serious, like I had to, you know, uh, ditch the show. Yep. Um, <clears throat> flying along that road, something, uh, the smoke was getting that thick now. You could barely see you know, four or five feet in front of me. I'm looking for lights. I'm, I'm trying to overtake cars. The, I, I, it was all it was all happening right there. Got to the Melbourne Highway, turned right and went down the bottom of the hill. What had happened in that time, the lower fire that was originally coming up from King Lake West, the wind changed direction and basically fan-forced it, I believe, uh, south, uh, southeast or something, and it just it came straight across the mountain. As I got to the bottom of that hill, Man, it was it, it it was it was next level. There was just horse floats and fucking caravans and cars and people just all trying to fucking turn around at once and go back up the mountain because this fire front was just raging towards us. And I remember there was these big culverts on the side of the road that took away the rainwater off the yeah. mountain. And yeah. fucking cars were trying to turn around in the panic and in the chaos and with oh, everything yeah. happening. And they were getting stuck in the culverts. And shit. By this stage, the smoke had got that thick. I remember trying to turn around. I remember the front wheels going down into one of the culverts and straight away I popped it into four high and the four-wheel drive pushed me out and I, I got back up and I was able to sort of get out and stay in front of the smoke because once that smoke sort of set in, it was just it's hard to see anything. Impossible. So then I'm like, okay, that's out. The only way left is out towards Yee. That's my only option now. Yep. I've got nowhere else to go. Yep. I'm heading back up the mountain, back up Melbourne Drive, and it's a, it's a big sort of uh, sweeping road and it's got a cliff on the side of it, a big cliff on the side. I'm looking at all these fires from the bottom and I'm looking at this fire behind me and I'm totally surrounded now. And I'm thinking, if I run this fucking towards Yi and I get hit halfway up that fucking mountainside, I'm toast. That fire is going to trap me against the cliff and I've got nowhere to go. Yeah. If I don't run, well, I've got what's behind me coming as well as in 100 caravans and fucking horse floats and whoever else managed to get out of there before they got incinerated, you know? Yeah. Um, so I decided I was going to run it. So I remember just punching as hard as I can. There was nothing in my way at this stage. I, I was sort of one of the first to clear the smoke down the bottom. I remember racing up the top of the hill. I'm looking to the side for anything I can find, like if, if there's a dam or something so I can remember it's there if I have to pull some epic stunt just driving to a fucking dam or whatever, man, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm looking for things like that. Right as I got back up to the top where the the, the sort of King Lake Hillsville and, and Melbourne Highways <clears throat> collide, yep. I must have been fucking 20 seconds late. Like there was a tree had come down on the road Fuck. And I could remember it getting smaller and smaller and sort of smaller as it got towards oh. the safety barrier. And I'm like, I've got no choice, man. I've got to hit this fucking thing. So I pulled the car over into the lanes where it was oncoming. Fuck it. Well, there wasn't any oncoming traffic, but I could. I was hoping there wasn't. I didn't have any other choice. Yep. Um, right before I hit that tree, the whole fucking car just went silent. Like, oh, she just went silent. Like, I couldn't hear anything. Fuck. Then I remember looking out and it was it was just it was dark, but it was like glowing, like it was light dark. It was just yeah. weird, man. Like yeah. what had happened 
then as I come out of it, I remember hitting that fucking tree, the car bouncing and correcting it, and then it was like fog and mist. And I'm just like, what the fuck is fog? Like it was steam. Right oh, as I right dude. as I come and hit that fire front, the fucking Elvis helicopter had dumped a load of water on top of that part where I shot through with the U. Shit. Right. So yep. otherwise, I don't know if I would have made it through, man. It was getting fucking hot in there, but it was just, it was surreal. It, it probably like a split second, man, but it felt like fucking 30 minutes, you know? It was yes. Weird. Yeah. And then coming out of that, um, I had a clear run towards Yee, and I remember stopping on this servo on the side of the road, and that's when I saw like one image that it's probably sat with me for this whole thing and i mean I, like i went back to the after the after the fires that happened i went i went back to the recovery work there i'd heard stories of people getting you know houses destroyed this happening that happening like like i've I'd, I'd seen the carnage i've seen the devastation but this one thing when i pulled into that servo there was this lady and she was sitting on her on like with cross legs on the crushed rock with her back against the car and she was hugging a photo and crying oh shit and that's when i sort of really hit me like what the fuck yeah i remember going to that servo and all the fucking power was out and i had that 10 bucks in coins to get a couple of bottles of water because we were that dehydrated and then i was um we made the run down to uh, a friend's house in melbourne who coincidentally was uh, heading to bali that point in time very thankful to jimmy gave me his unit and i was able to sort of start the i had somewhere to go i hadn't sort of it, it took two or three days for all of this to really sort of sink into the severity of it and watching news reports and you know one minute people are dying and you're hearing these stories and everything and like fucking onto all these emotions of like i'll just get out of that like i sailed through that compared to what some poor bastards you know yeah, yeah. like in in oh it's one thing man i've got to i've got to mention this that going back it was about five days later they were opening up all the um the help things and um <clears throat> one thing that really struck one thing that really struck me that was i don't like to use the term victim for anything but they were referring to us as victims fair enough the generosity of people was fucking incredible nice like just People will, you know, even to the point where people are fucking giving you strange into their home. They're giving you everything. They're donating money. They, 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 I've never seen anything on such an epic scale. Fundraisers on Facebook, like the, all the stuff that was available, like and and Centrelink just displacement money, whatever. And I, I, I just amazed me the generosity of people when they can pull together for a common cause. It was incredible. Yeah. I remember this one, uh, this this one time, and in um, in my opinion, when uh, you have a crisis situation, you want to be uh, deploying, uh, you know, emergency services. You want to be deploying people with skills, not chaplains. Yeah. Now, I'm not a religious person. I get it if people are. I respect that. Um, but I was in line this particular day, waiting to go into one of the recovery tents to start uh, signing some stuff, and this chaplain was there. Young girl, very, very, you know, sort of in this. I don't think she, you know, she meant well and and, and everything. And um, but she was sort of there 
you know, trying to talk to this guy in front of me, you know, you know telling me he's just lost his house and this and that. And and I could read this dude's body language, man. He just he didn't want to fucking talk. Like, and I was sort of trying to tell her, love, I don't think he's really, I, I know you probably mean well, I don't think he really wants to be counselled right now. I think he's just in fucking shock. Yep. And I, I just don't think he wants to talk, you know. And then she sort of latched onto me, and I'm like, well, I sort of don't really want to talk either, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, she was. She just she just got me with this one line where I, I quickly sort of told her briefly what, what was going on. She's like, oh, I bet you thank God you survived. Oh, well. And that really yep. hurt, like, like hit me. I'm like, God, the reason I'm alive is Nissan Navara and Toyo tires, for one. Um, two... But I'll be thanking God. I mean, at this stage, I, I think the count was, was, was somewhere in 173 people. I don't know how many children. Right. But I'm going to thank a God that goes and kills 40 fucking children and makes me survive. Yeah, no. And I'm just like, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, everyone is far too fucking vulnerable and on edge and everything to hear about Jesus right now. If you're going to talk about it, don't fucking... Just go and do something else, you know, because like, yeah, she, you could, she really fucking pissed me off with that. Yep. Um, even That's though, with, uh, even though she, you know, I, I know she's going to on that, but um, yep. so yeah, that was uh, that was the day, and honestly, I've uh, uh, I, I, that had a profound effect on Michelle for the even to day, I, I believe. Um, me, I, I sort of just. I felt for a lot of a lot of people lost their businesses. A lot of people lost. Their, there was a lot. Of, we knew a lot of locals up there. A lot of local businesses that you know need to be in that environment. And um, yeah, they just got hammered, man. Their customer base out completely totaled. I was sort of lucky being a concreter. I sort of went back to Melbourne and I was straight away able to get days labour with my mates and you know borrow tools because I lost all my tools. Everything that was all the whole house was obliterated. Everything was gone. You know, we did go back to uh, a few days later to look at that, and and the whole the whole place was. Um, the heat was that intense. We actually, the landlords had a 30 foot shipping container in the front yard with all their stuff in it, locked up tight, man. Shipping container, pretty much indestructible. Yeah. Yep. This thing was blown apart. The doors were like 30 feet down the bottom of a fucking hill, and the whole thing was just like blown out like a balloon and just in, everything incinerated, man. Whoa. Uh, and it's not it was it's it's a little weird thing too like going on even like two years later man you'd be in the house and you grab something and you'd be like didn't i have one of those oh, no, fuck, that was in the fires like you forget that what you you know you you, you lost all your possessions are gone and you know you got insurance on that sort of thing fair enough but you know you, the sentimental things and you're always like oh, i should have grabbed that should have grabbed this should have done this should have done that and mm. yeah you know and to, to, when you look at a lot of stories there man a lot of poor people didn't and you know, so I'm uh, very, very thankful yes, <laughs> that uh, that then sometimes I would, you know, think I'm having a bad run or bad time or whatever. So hang on, man, like fucking, you should be dead. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you're right. um, you should definitely be dead. Yeah. So that was my uh, King Lake adventure. Fucking crazy shit, mate. That's that's fucking horrifying. And so I've spoken to a lot of people who've sort of had a lot of different sort of situations out there. And look, there there aren't very, very many nice stories going around for obvious fucking reasons. So, mate, I, I really appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to come and chat to us about that. That is one hell of an epic story. Thank you so much. No problem at all, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Alrighty, folks, for the listeners at home, you have been to, listening to Talking Shit with Fraser, you bastard. 
feel free to hit us up on uh well, I don't have any socials right now, but fuck, by the time you're listening to this, I might. So hit us up on the socials, click like, follow, subscribe, all the usual shit. And if you would like to share this story with anyone, click on the share. Alrighty, folks, thank you so much. And Mark, once again, thanks heaps, mate. Very much appreciate it. No problem at all, mate. Thank you.